Just a couple reminders and probably appropriate since we are few in number this morning for several reasons. One is we have these cards and they are kept back by, well, several places around the fellowship hall, but also back by wherever you pick up your bulletin. A little bit about our church. There's no, uh, really nothing salesy on it at all. It just says when our worship times are, where to find the podcast, where we are, you know, where to get more information. This is a great little tool. You know, if you want to, if you're introducing yourself to somebody, if you want to, as someone's asking about the church, it's a great way to share that. We also have these. Don't forget these. And, and this is something I need to do a better job of, and that is making sure that we're reaching out to people we haven't seen in a little while. Let them know they're being missed, okay? And uh, these are those little postcards I got waxed. says, we're saving your seat. Now it can be kind of tongue-in-cheek because we do have our favorite seats. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> Let's be honest. So... If there's someone not here and they haven't seen them for a little bit, it's, it's okay to send this. This is not convicting. You're missed. You're missed. And, of course, we have these. And, you know, when we have guests, let's make sure we understand who, who's visiting us so we can stay in touch with them that same way and say, we're glad you're here. And we've got a wonderful ministry that, that um, Heather and Leslie have, have really been involved with. And, and now Connie and Sherry are, are um, coming alongside. And that is making sure we're reaching out to people in the community um, and we have an opportunity to do that with little, I'll call them buckets um, of things or snacks. There's information about the community. A lot of people have, have put together these, the pieces for this. And, and if you know someone who could use one, it's not just if they're new to the neighborhood, but maybe it's just someone you think would, could, could use this. Um, and, and there's some, some newer people I know coming to the neighborhood. If you haven't heard, and this probably isn't worth recording into the message, but Fishtails is coming back. Have you guys heard that? Daddios is what it's going to be called. Anybody heard that yet? Yeah. Well, you had because you live with me and I talk about food regularly. Um, yeah. But anyway, and it's a couple from Overland Park and apparently they bought Mike and Sandy's old place um, that Nona Henry had bought. Um, and, you know, Golden Beach Grapevine, that's how I found all this out. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we do this. Um, so there's someone worth visiting and it's it's great to hear that some of those places are going to be used. And my understanding is it's going to be a family-friendly place. So that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, so again, these are just tools. And, and we're small in number. And what a good reminder of how important it is to be here, the participation. And, you know, we don't judge. We don't whatever. But it, it's, I'm so happy that you guys are here. And for those that listen online, and it's amazing the, the number of the people are listening uh, online, and I think that's fantastic. And a lot of them are people that aren't here, that can't make it, our snowbirds are staying connected this way. Let's not forget them as well, okay? But it is important. It is important to find a church. And I tell people when I meet them, you don't have to come to ours. I love ours. I love our church. You know, we, we're here by choice. And I think it's, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing place. And it's not for everybody. Some people may look for something a little different. So just say, you're invited here. But you know what? If you don't find a happy place here, then, then find a church somewhere because it's important. It's not just obedience to God. It's, it's important that, that you do that and get that connection and that support. And you have no idea how many other people you're supporting when you're, when you're here. That's what I love about our conversations around the table on, uh, during our body, Bible study or on the Zoom Bible studies because there's encouragement and we're, we're talking about the same things, but we're being edified. There's that church word again, that we're being built up by, by the comments of others, the smiles of others. So I'm going to digress a bit and actually get into the message this morning. Anyway, there, 
there are a lot of ways to describe a person, and a, and a few of those ways can be used to identify him, right? If I were to tell you that, that look, you know, go to this room and find the person with dark hair, dark eyes, and, and of average height, well, that may not be very helpful, right? But if I said, it's a guy, and he has an awesome sense of humor, now we all know who we're talking about, right? No, okay, try harder. And if I, but if I said their name is blah, then you certainly know who it is you're looking for. And a person's name may not be unique, but it does identify them. And when you want to confirm who you're speaking to, you use their name. Now, this is, I had made a note to pick on Becky. Becky's not here, so I'm going to pick on her anyway. Moms in particular are quite skilled at invoking the weight of the full name, right? My mom would do this. Not very often, which made it powerful. And I was going to say, you may be Becky to us, but you're... Rebecca, what? Rebecca Ann Mooney. I had made up my own name here in case I had to. It's not as fun as Ann. But you might hear something like that, and you know. Mom's talking to me, and whatever is following my full name has some weight to it, right? That's the importance, the value of a name. And on a more of a pleasant note, maybe you're at a restaurant, and and the server introduces themselves, right? The really nice ones say, hi, my name is... Francis, and I'm here to take care of you. You know what? Let me know if you need anything. That is so much more personal and so much more pleasant when you need salt than to say, hey, you, I need salt. You know, it's nice. And your name identifies you. And it may not be unique, but it's yours. And it is very, very personal. And the Bible is full of God's word of encouragement for us. And, and listen to how scripture says that God knows you. From John 10, this is the second part of verse three through four. He says, He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he was brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. He knows their name and they know his voice. Isaiah 43, one through two. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Now this was an interesting note. Did you catch that? God called him by Jacob and then he changed his name. He said, you're Jacob, but now you're Israel. Says so, but now this is what the Lord says. He created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel. He says this: Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You see, your God knows you personally and he knows the plans and purposes that he has established for your life. And these plans and purposes, as we've been talking about for the past few weeks, you are absolutely and completely equipped for all of these. As you are, you know, you're known by him before you were born. Listen to this, Jeremiah 1, 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Now he's talking to Jeremiah, but we know God's word is to speak to all of us. Before you were born, before you were created, God knew you. He set you apart, his purpose. And King David wrote these words in Psalm 139. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before word is on my tongue, Lord, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand on me. I love that. What a comforting thought of being hemmed in. Okay, this isn't constricted. This is, you know, made comfortable. 
says, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Words of comfort about God being with you. But skipping ahead to verse 13, it says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. And that is something we can all say. You see, God knows you, God loves you, God calls you by your name. He knows your name, but do you know his? And that's the question we're asking this morning. I don't think we do this as much as a society more, but names of people and places were chosen because they had a meaning, right? Several of them. Mark, yours is a biblical name, very clearly. It is, it is. And Becky, Rebecca, right? Isaac's wife. These are biblical names. Mine, not so much. I looked it up and I was very excited about this. And I'd, I think I'd blocked this out. You know what the name Tyler means? One who tiles. I don't enjoy the irony that I used to own a flooring company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't have like a name that means killer or whatever. It's, it's, I, I tile roofs. Anyway. <laughs> and, and someone's going to have to explain to me why we're Golden Beach, right? Anybody know? That's fine. We'll just, it makes it sound great on the brochure. Come to Golden Beach, folks. It's golden and beachy. <laughs> Again, from scripture, in Genesis 17, we find the story of Abraham. Remember Abraham? From verse four, it says, you will be the father of many nations. And this is God speaking to him. No longer will you be called Abram, which was his name. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Now, Abraham means father of many. Continuing in verse 15, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, that's his wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. And we know this lineage, right? And in Genesis 32, 22 through 28, we find the story of Jacob where he spent all night wrestling with God, literally wrestling with God. And the scripture comes and says, but Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me, right? How wonderful it'd be to, to wrestle with God and say, I want my blessing. And the man asked him, what is your name? And Jacob, he answered. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. There's power in a name, and in the New Testament, Jesus changed the name of Simon, which means he has heard. Now, Simon certainly has heard, but he changed it to Peter, which means rock. And in Matthew 16, 18, it says, and I also say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. This is the foundation of the church, right? Peter, read the book of Acts. It talks about the formation of, of the church. Jesus changed his name and it had meaning. And these are some examples of when God changed a person's name to reflect how he, meaning God, knew them and who they were to God. But let me ask you this, who is God to you? We're gonna take some time to look at several of the names used for God and some may be familiar and some, some not. I'm sorry with El Shaddai, right? We know that one, maybe you're familiar with the song. And El Shaddai means all-sufficient one or Lord God Almighty. And in the Old Testament, El Shaddai is found seven times. And it starts in Genesis 17.1. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, 
the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. That's actually setting up the story we just read about Abraham. Knowing that God is El Shaddai matters to us, and it should, because it reminds us that the Lord is our mighty God. And like him, there is no other. And the, the, the El in front of the name El Shaddai is translated, translated as God, and it can be used in conjunction with other words, and we'll talk about another one in a minute. And they talk about various aspects of God's character, like Elion, the Most High God. In the Old Testament, it's, it's mentioned 28 times and, and 19 in Psalms, so you can kind of see that these books of praise talk about God Most High. But first in Genesis 14, 18, King of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God Most High, Elion. In Psalms 57, 2, David writes, I cry out to God Most High, to God who vindicates me. How about this one? Adonai, know that one? Lord, Master. This one occurs 434 times, so you know there's some value in it. And it's first used again in Genesis. We're seeing a trend now in Genesis. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, he says, Adonai, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my state? And he talks about what's, what he thinks is going to happen. Well, we know, because we already read parts of the story, that he's going to become not only a father, but a father of many, who will create many nations. Exodus 4.10, and I, I love this. This is back when Moses was kind of arguing with God about who he was and why he should be go. It says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, right, Adonai. I have never been eloquent neither in the past nor since you have spoken your servant. He says, I am slow in speech and tongue. We talked about this first when we were talking about being equipped because God made his tongue. And he said that. He says, I made your tongue. I made your speech. I will equip you to do what I need you to do. I don't know. Yahweh means Lord, Jehovah. The Old Testament, 6,519 times. I'm going to read them all really slowly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Chiefs play at 540. This name is used more than any other name of God. We know this. Yahweh is first used in, again, Genesis 2-4. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. And the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Lord God, Yahweh. Jehovah is translated as the existing one or Lord. And, and the main, it means to be or to exist and, and, or to become. It's one of those active words, okay? It isn't this and done. This is something that reveals his character. The character that continues is ongoing. And we're going to take this Jehovah, this Yahweh, but mostly Jehovah, and we're going to see how it's used in conjunction with some other words to reveal the other characters of God. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner, the Lord is my miracle. In the Old Testament, it only occurs once, but it's in Exodus 17.15. says, Moses built an altar and called it Jehovah Nisi. So the Lord is my banner. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. We know where this comes from, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. It's used in Exodus. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptian, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. 
occurs in Ezekiel. It says, the distance all around will be 18,000 cubits. This is about six miles. And the name of the city from that time on will be Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. What a wonderful reminder to have a city name that tells you this is where God is. And that's actually a symbolic name for the city of Jerusalem. And this name indicates that God has not abandoned Jerusalem, but that he will be there for restoration. Just a few more. Jehovah Tzitzkenu. It's T-S-I-D-K-E-N-U. Jehovah Tzitzkenu. The Lord, our righteousness. And it's used in Jeremiah. It says, in these days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which you, he will be called. The Lord is our righteous savior. Another one, Jehovah Mekodishku. I'm not making these up. These are real biblical names. The Lord who sanctifies, the Lord who makes holy. Again, in Exodus. So we're talking about still Genesis, Exodus, early forms of the Bible, books of the Bible. It says, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations come so that you may know that I am the Lord that makes you holy. Leviticus, also very early in the Bible, Leviticus 28. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. The next one, Elulam, everlasting God, God of eternity, God of the universe, God of ancient of days. Again, Genesis 21, 33. Adam planted a tree and there he called on the name of the Lord, the eternal God. Refers to him again in the rock eternal. And then the one that Larry read this morning, Elohim, God, judge, creator. In the Old Testament, this word is over 2,000 times used in scripture. And it starts Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, Elohim, God, created the heavens and the earth. And all the references in Genesis 1, which is the story of the creation, use this term for God. This was reflected in this morning's scripture to remember. Kana, jealous God, right? You shall not bow down before them, for I am a jealous God. Now, this doesn't mean that God is necessarily angry, but he's saying, I want your time. I want your attention. I want your love. And he deserves it. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. In Genesis, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabbat, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of powers. And there's a lot of references in this one. Restore us, Lord of God Almighty. You know, it talks about these. And these are not multiple personalities. These are facets of the personality. But did you notice how many of these first uses of these names are found in the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, God tells us up front who he is. And then he spends the rest of his word, the rest of the story in the Bible, telling us who we are to him. And the supporting facts that prove that. God tells you that you are loved. He tells you that you are his child. He tells you that you are his prized possession and worthy of all the blessings that he has intended for you. He knows you by your name. And do you know him by his? Do you know him by all of his? If I were to ask, which name brings you the most comfort this morning? Which, which name do you need to call him by this morning as you pray? The shepherd that guides? Lord, I need your guidance right now. We prayed for that earlier. Lord, our country needs your guidance right now. Lord, the Lord that heals the pain in your heart, maybe in your mind, maybe in your body, the healer, God, do we need to call him by that name? How about the Lord is with you? Isn't that always something we need to pray 
when we say thank you, God, for being the Lord who is with us, the Lord who provides, the Lord who provides peace. Maybe we need to call him by this name, the Lord that sanctifies, blesses, and makes us righteous. Friends, here's the good news. Here's the good news. You do not have to pick and choose which name. You can simply say, God, Father. You don't have to decide and you don't have to worry about guessing incorrectly. He's not gonna say, no, no, that's not my name. Because these are all his name. And your God are all of these things to you. And he wants to be each one of these things to you. So will you call him by his name? Let's pray. God, Father, Lord Almighty, creator, healer, one who makes righteous, we call on your name this morning to lead us, to guide us, to protect us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to move us. Lord, we thank you for being the Lord that provides, the Lord that cares. Lord, whatever name we need to know you by this morning, will you put that name on our heart as we leave this place? God, you are so many things and every single one of them is very personal and very important to us. God, you know us by our name. You call us by our name. You've known us before we were created by you in, in our mother's womb. And you have a purpose for us. God who guides, God who cares. Show us the way you'd have us go. Father, again, I wanna conclude by just thanking you for who you are, what you mean to us. This church we have, the church established by another name that was changed. Peter the Rock, the foundation of this church. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to speak here this morning. May we be changed by the words we've heard, what we've read. Lord, I thank you for all those gathered here who, who set aside time Sunday mornings to come and participate among friends in the service of worship. God, I thank you for those who could not make it this morning. God, I thank you for those who listen online. May they hear the warmth and, and genuine care that you have for each one of us. And may they find comfort in a congregation. Lord, as we leave this place, we ask you to be with us, which we know you are. So I also ask that you help us to recognize that you are with us and give us the confidence and boldness to go in this world and make a difference in the lives around us. And may we be changed as well. We give this service to you. May all we do delight you and bring us peace. Amen.